0: Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA 710. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. It's a pleasure to be with you once again each and every week here on ESPNLA 710 on this Wednesday evening. What's on tap tonight on Soccer Weekly, sponsored by Pocock Brewing. Visit PocockBrewing.com to see what's on tap right now in their tasting room. Pocock Brewing Company, embrace life, drink good beer. And, oh, what a show we have for you. You know, I say it every week. I'll be honest with you, some shows are better than others. Let's be honest. They're all great in comparison to most radio shows because it's Soccer Weekly, and I'm Dave Denholm, and you love it. But this one is special. Ziggy Schmidt is out as LA Galaxy manager. A huge story, of course. Ziggy uh, joined the club back in uh, last season after issues with uh, Kurt Alfos' start to the campaign. They brought back uh, the uh, Galaxy, former Galaxy coach, Ziggy Schmid. And he led them to, uh, you know, mediocrity. Let's face it. Last week here on this show, I told you they're not going to the playoffs. No surprise to me that Siggy decides to resign officially. What else going on? Well, how about USA-Mexico? Great crowd in Nashville. Good game. Not a great game, but some very interesting stuff between Matt Miazga and Diego Linez. We will definitely break that down and – Toughen up, people. That's just my first thought on that. Toughen up. I mean, my goodness. Everybody, just so soft. Calm down about it. We've got a black and gold breakdown. We've got to take a look at the Galaxy's next game and LAFC's next game. Both of those teams in action coming up on Saturday. Of course, LAFC at home at Bank of California Stadium. We've got big news on lafc during the show not on the pitch but for you potentially to go see lafc we have got a giveaway coming up and you are gonna love it i promise keep listening for your shot to win the lafc vip giveaway we're gonna have not one but two winners coming up later in the show news on andre horta over playing over in europe so much more we got the injury report which thankfully looks pretty good, quite frankly. So that'll be up uh, throughout the show, brought to you by Pocock Brewing. But we go to Siggy Schmidt. The big story of the week, of course, is L.A. Galaxy manager Siggy Schmidt calls it quits. He resigns with six games left, I think, on their schedule. LAFC currently with seven games remaining. So L.A. Galaxy, 28 games in, only a 10-10-8 record. This is a weird time to resign Let's call it as it is. If indeed Ziggy Schmidt just walked into Chris Klein's office the day before and said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to resign. And the galaxy were like, no, no, no. Then Ziggy Schmidt quit on the team. Right. Let's not call it a resignation. He quit, but that's not really what happened. Ziggy didn't quit on his team or his players or his fellow coaches or the organization, this is at least a mutual understanding, at least, to hit the pavement. And again, last week here on this show, which we know everybody listens to, both at the Galaxy and LAFC, hello, everyone, love you all as human beings, but we know they're listening. I, I told them, look, you're not making the playoffs if you're the Galaxy, and it's not a good look. Sigi Schmidt, there, there's no, look, he, he he had a fine run the first time. There's not going to be nobody losing any sleep over Ziggy deciding to resign now. It's time to move on. Do it now. You turn the the keys, the rain over to Dom Kinnear for a little while. See if he can get hot here in the final six games. Maybe you catch fire. You sneak into the postseason. And remember, we've talked about it. It's just like Major League Baseball playoffs. Just get in, and you never know what can happen. Just like an MLB, it's a bit of a flip of the coin especially in the early games, those one-game playoffs, those one-offs, you just don't know. So just get in. Maybe Dom Kinnear can pull it off. I say no way. The Galaxy's not making the playoffs. It is a big part of the reason, I'm sure, the, that Siggy Schmidt is gone. Not because I said that last week. I don't mean that. It's just they're not going to make the postseason. And it, here, let's listen to Chris Klein, in fact. Let's go to uh, Galaxy uh, President uh, Chris Klein and uh, he had a, a conference call with the media. I want to give you a couple of his sound bites. The first one was to essentially to begin the, the uh, conference call and just get a little bit of his thoughts on Ziggy resigning.
1: After long discussions with Ziggy, we made the collective decision, and Ziggy decided to step down. We all feel that this was in the best interest of Ziggy and the club for both the short and long term. It goes without saying that we are beyond thankful to Ziggy and his contributions that he's made with us since he came back in 2017. But with, you know, a bigger announcement with Ziggy and his career, the impact that he's had on me and us uh, and everyone in the sport of soccer will never be forgotten. We are certainly looking forward to the last six games of our season. We're confident in Dominic Kinnear as our interim manager and feel that um, he has the tools to, to fight for a playoff spot. We understand uh, the uphill battle that we have, but um, you know, as a club, we're going to keep fighting. Uh, beyond that, just as it relates to long term, we will start the search for uh, our next permanent head coach immediately.
0: That's the president of LA Galaxy, Chris Klein, addressing the media in a conference call earlier this week. Now, here's the thing. A lot of Galaxy fans are ticked off at the organization, at Chris Klein, at Pete Vianis. At Yovan, all the, the, the higher-ups. Understandable. It's been a couple of years of struggle. But when Chris Klein says they're best still battling and fighting, this move is exactly that, Galaxy fan. On one level, of course you're not happy. I get it. You're not making the playoffs in all likelihood again. Your coach is leaving because it didn't work out. But... To just ride out the rest of the season with Ziggy Schmidt would have been thrown up the white flag at this point. They are still battling. Chris Klein is still trying to get this team in the postseason. That's how I see it. There's no other alternative. If you're going to get rid of a coach or Ziggy resigning, six games left in the season, what else would you say it is? They could have easily just ridden this out, just let them stick around. They're battling. You have to give them credit for that. It might probably won't work out. Not much is probably going to change. They still got the same defenders. Dom Kinnear can't play defense, or he would have already been in there. So I'm not sitting here telling you much is going to change with Dom Kinnear leading the way. You never know. Could get hot. Could be a new voice in the clubhouse that inspires them. Maybe they get on a roll here. I mean, they still have Zlatan. They still have Ola Kamara. They still got offense. You don't ever really know, and you have to keep battling as an organization. right? At least you're putting up a fight if you're the galaxy with this move. So don't give me, well, they should have just let them stick around. Who cares? It's not going to at least they're fighting. They're going down swinging. Right? I mean, you have to give them that. At the very least. And and it is a good sign. Now, again, I have nothing against Siggy Schmidt. He's been nice to me. Good guy. I like Siggy Schmidt. I it was time to go frankly, if you're just being a neutral observer that just wasn't quite working this time around with the Galaxy. So no personal malice in it by any means. He's a good guy. He'll probably get another job, I would imagine, in MLS if he wants it. Seems that he does. And he should get another job in MLS at some point, somewhere. But it wasn't working. Why just ride off the streak and give away the last six games? You still have a mathematical chance. You got a shot. Go for it. And that's exactly what the Galaxy are doing now with Dom Kinnear. And you heard Chris Klein talk about how they're going to be looking for, you know, obviously for a a more permanent coach, if you will. Kevin Baxter, guy from the LA Times who covers the teams. We'd like Kevin. Check him out on Twitter. He actually, I think, tweeted out that uh, Caleb Porter, who is free, former Timbers coach, and Chris Klein were roommates together in college. So, hmm, things that make you scratch your head a little bit. So we'll see what happens there. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Let's hear a little bit more from Chris Klein as he addressed the media in that press conference uh, announcing Ziggy Schmidt's resignation.
2: Yeah, Dave, there's been a lot of inconsistency with the Galaxy, and Chris Klein went on to talk about that uh, in the teleconference. Here's a cut.
1: It's been up and down and in periods where we have played really well. Attacking-wise, we've played well, possibly defending. We haven't been as as great, but i'm not sure the answer we've had a lot of players that have been in and out of the lineup World Cup and things like that as always in MLS consistency is a key, and uh, you are going to have down periods in our league it's the reality of our system it's the reality of our league, and you have to make sure that the ups are uh, more frequent than the downs
0: that's Chris Klein of course, talking at the Conference call that was with the media earlier in the week after Sigge Mid resigned as head coach of LA Galaxy. Galaxy will move forward with Dominic Kinnear for the rest of this season. Hey, still to come, we have got the giveaway for LAFC VIP giveaway. Two winners coming up later in the show. Going to be talking, of course, about USA Mexico. All that went down with l Tree versus the United States in Nashville. We've got our LAFC black and gold breakdown still to come. All of that and so much more. I am Dave at home and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California. ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly ESPN LA 710. I am Dave at home. Welcome to the home of world football here in Southern California and throughout the world really. If you miss any of the show or if you're just... Now finding us or maybe you, you know, you get out of work a little late. Usually you don't hit the show until around 730 or 745 each week. Maybe you're in a little early this week. You can always catch it on the podcast. Go to iTunes, go to ESPN Pod Center, search for soccer weekly, subscribe, rate, and review. I know it's the three uh, words that people now, with podcasts, it's kind of become white noise. Let it cut through for you. Subscribe to it, which helps. Rate it, which helps us as well, and review it. I can take it. I've been in radio for decades. I get re- critiqued and reviewed all the time. I can take it. I really appreciate your feedback. Thanks so much to those who have done it. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, whoever. If they love soccer, listen to Soccer Weekly on the iTunes uh, uh, You know, for the podcast or go to the ESPN Pod Center. We get that thing up very quickly. The, the staff here is great. The folks here at ESPN LA 710 help me out tremendously that way. I really appreciate that. Soccer Weekly is presented by Puente Hills Toyota. Get your new 2018 Toyota Camry SE today at Puente Hills Toyota. Check them out, puentehillstoyota.com. Big game, of course. We talk a little bit about it in the opening segment. USA-Mexico, not a great game overall until the second half. The United States was a little lackluster. Certainly, Mexico had taken it to them in the first half, but nobody could break through. Nil-nil. Then things started to kind of get a little heated. Now, there was a play in the second half that led to a little uh, tete-a-tete, if you will, a little skirmish between Matt Miazga and the youngster Diego Lainez. Let's have a listen to this one and uh, what happened early in the second half. Trying to uh, just redesign both countries at the moment. Miazga is pulled back for Matt Miazga. And that's the one thing that I've seen since this time. And I love this. That's an unequal contest, isn't it? <laughs>
2: And the referee having to step in as the verb was fly. You see, it's USB Mexico. They all feel it. <laughs> and Mieska's got to be a bit careful. He's already been booked.
0: He does not want to get involved here. That's the great Ian Dark and uh, Taylor Twelman with the call there on ESPN uh, television. Miazga was on a, a red or a yellow card rather at that time. This is about the 63rd, 64th minute. He and Linez got tied up and Miazga didn't like it. Linez got in his face and Miazga kind of mocked him for being five foot four, five foot five. Cause Miazga is like virtually a foot taller. And everybody's getting so fired up about it. How could you height shame him on social media? Is that the way the U.S. wants to be known for? Which first things first. I kind of get a kick out of people saying, is that the kind of fans you want or, you know, team you want for a a player to mock another player? Well, I don't think L tree fans and not all of them, a small percentage, but you know what I'm going to say. We all heard the chant during the game yesterday. I don't think L tree fans are in any, you know, in too much of a line to be criticizing what other people like or don't like from their national team. First of all, Miazga didn't touch Linez. There was nothing physical about the confrontation. Otherwise, I would have been proponent of a proponent of kicking out Miazga. If he got physical with Linez, fine. You're not allowed to touch your opponent like that when you're going face to face. He mocked his height. Not good. I'm not going to teach my child how to do that necessarily, right? I'm not going to. I'm not going to be pro- promoting that for U12 teams to be mocking other people's physical. Uh, you know. Stature, if you will, these are grown men, professionals. You use what you have to use, and it changed the game. It absolutely changed the game. Everybody got fired up because of that. Mexican team teammates of Linez came to his defense, started pushing around, as they should. That was good of them. You would expect no less. Linez handled it fine. After the game, he said, "I'm not bothered by it." Essentially, I'm paraphrasing here the the youngster the 18-year-old showed a lot of discipline and oh by the way he was the best player on the game and he was wearing out Miazga in the US defense which probably had something to do with Miazga getting frustrated and then mocking him for his 5 foot 5 inch frame or 5 4 whatever he is he's not the tallest dude in the world Miazga again a full foot taller than him essentially but let's not get too wired up here about it on social media like it's the end of the world. These are grown men in a sporting event that got a little a little a out of hand. They weren't throwing blows. It was cleaned up relatively quickly. The problem is Zaldivar lost his mind. hell Zaldivar goes in for a hard tackle. Just minutes later, gets a straight red and change the game. And then a few minutes later, this happened from Tyler Adams from uh, New York Red Bulls. Good energy now about the U.S. and Adams has got a chance here and scores. Tyler Adams,
2: U.S. one 0 He gets his first ever U.S. goal
0: and against the old enemy Mexico as well. Again, Ian Dark on the call there on ESPN. That was the only goal of the game, and that's my point of this. There are times in our society. Look, we're in we live in interesting times, right? There are plenty of things to get fired up about. Socially, politically, uh, personally, uh, economically, absolutely. True things that really matter that you can get fired up about and should. I get that. Let's not get too fired up about Matt Miazga going at Diego Linez for being shorter than him. Let's not waste too much time getting too ticked off about it. Again, not a big proponent. I probably wouldn't do it, not because I'm better than Matt Miosga. It's just not something I would probably do. Heat of the moment, though, you got to, I mean, come on. Who among us that have played sports hasn't said something to an opponent? You know, maybe it was a dirty word. I don't know. Come on. You get into each other's heads, right? You're trying to use the things to go after each other for. I mean, certainly you don't want to go across a line that I don't think Talking about a guy being smaller than him when he is a foot smaller than him is really going over the line too much. No, again, don't want my U8 team doing it. <laughs> you know, I don't want the under-12s to get in each other's face saying, ah, you know what, you're a foot shorter than me. Yeah, just wait till I hit my growth spurt. You know what I mean? Come on. I get it. These are pros, and Diego Line has held it, handled it perfectly and just happened to be the best player on the pitch. I want to hear your thoughts about it on Twitter. Hit me up at talk soccer. Am I missing this? am i am I not making a big enough deal about this, or are the social media folk who are out there just wringing their hands over this? Are they making too much of a big deal about it? as if it has something to to say about all of u s. soccer? right? Because does the chant that I hear during these games that some a very small, group of Mexican fans say and does that represent all of Mexico? No. Is it good? No. But I'm not naive enough to think it represents every Mexican soccer fan. Just like Matt Miazga doing what he did to Diego Linez doesn't represent all of U.S. soccer. We just want to jump to these massive conclusions and it's just come on pump the brakes a little. You can have your opinion on it. Not the most ideal thing to do, especially when you're on a, a yellow card. He could have got red carded for that. I mean, he could have got another yellow at least, and then he's gone. That might have changed the whole game. I don't like that. I don't like him losing his cool a little bit about it. But it's not the end of the world. And and Linas, again, handled it brilliantly. He was the best player on the pitch. The best player for the U.S. I mean, that's a tricky call for me. I didn't love the way the U.S. played overall, realistically. They got the win. That's great. I guess they held up defensively as much as they could. I didn't think it was a blistering performance by any means for any of the players. Mexico had a fair amount of chances. They both were kind of equal that way once the game, you know, by the time the game ended because the United States played a man up for some 25 plus minutes. So the stats kind of evened up and Mexico was taking it to the U.S. early. They just couldn't quite find the goal. Credit to Zach Steffen had a couple of nice saves. In goal, I thought he played well. I thought, you know, I thought the United States, there was a few guys who played pretty well. Weston McKinney getting injured early didn't help. I thought he looked very good early. Tyler Adams with a nice finish played well. You can't really fault too much of what the defense was doing, although I thought Linez was just really, really active and, and very forceful in his game for an 18 year old. I love Timothy Weah. Right? About the same age as Linez, a little older. Of course, plays for PSG. I love this guy's game. This kid can play. And that was fun to see him for a little while, too, really go at it. He had a few moments, nothing too outstanding by any means. It wasn't like it was his greatest game ever, but it was fun. And you know what? This adds to the rivalry, this game. 1-0 U.S., we're not going to remember that for too long. We're going to remember what happened between Miazga and Linez, and nobody's going to let you forget about it, which adds to the rivalry. Let me know what you think about that. The whole Matt Miazga incident with Diego Lanez. Hit me up on Twitter, at TalkSoccer. Still to come, we are giving away two VIP packages to the LAFC for an experience you can get nowhere else as they take on New England Revolution at Bank of California Stadium coming up on Saturday, a game you'll hear here on ESPN LA. I am Dave Denholm, the voice of LAFC. You are listening to Soccer Weekly as we roll on here on ESPN LA 710. Soccer Weekly, ESPNLA 710. We roll on here on ESPNLA 710, the home of world football in Southern California. I am Dave Denholm. It's always a pleasure to be with you each and every week here talking about the beautiful game. When we have beautiful giveaways, I get super pumped up. Stick around. Coming up in just minutes. Your chance. Two people are going to win the LAFC VIP giveaway still to come for this Saturday versus New England. I'll have more details on that later, but it's coming up in just minutes. Speaking of minutes, we love to spend a few minutes each and every week on the show with the black and gold breakdown. One, two, three, breakdown. It's the black and gold breakdown. Breakdown. Break it down like this right now. Black and gold breakdown time and it's, uh, in this segment I want to focus on one player. Now we've talked a lot about this guy because he made it, they made a big splash in signing him as a designated player and international. The young Portuguese under 21 midfielder Andre Horta and Horta If you haven't seen the goal that Andre Orta scored playing for the Portuguese under-21 side just a few days ago, oh, my goodness. Go find it. Go have a peek. It is a strike of magnificent quality, absolutely brilliant strike for the Portuguese national team for the under-21s. I mean, it was seriously, in that victory over Wales, they got the win, a 2-0 victory. Horta's strike was stunning. He went the 90 minutes, according to prosoccerusa.com, played the in the, you know was in the starting lineup. They got a little write up on it. They also have the video of the goal if you want to go there. Prosoccerusa.com is where I'm just reading a little bit more about it, a little more in depth, and you can check out the video there. It is an absolute... They described it as a screamer, and they are absolutely right. Just a gorgeous strike that gave Portugal the one nil lead. Turns out to be the game-winning goal in their uh, UEFA Under-21 Championship, the European Championships, And just a, an absolutely amazing shot there in, the, in that tournament. So, and uh, according to the article, the, Portugal's going to take on Liechtenstein on October 11th in that Group 8. So, again, Andre Horta. And the reason I bring it up is... We've seen bits and pieces of that with LAFC. Now, he hasn't been playing a ton. He's only made two starts, although he did start at Toronto, got 63 minutes in, and really looked effective. Looked very good, pinging the ball around. And But it, it just reminds me to tell you something about Andre Horta. Andre Horta is too skilled and too good not to play for this team. I know LAFC's got a bunched-up midfield... I do. They've got some great players there. I don't know what Bob Bradley's going to do or how he's going to do it. Andre Horta has to play. Now, everybody knows this. I'm not breaking news here. But the more you watch the kid, the more you just see the this, this the small things. When you watch Andre Horta, don't be looking for the amazing strike every week that he did against Wales in the under-21s. Don't look for that. Look for all the little understandings that he kind of you know and we talk about it a lot it's the iq it's the speed of play all of that is is there with this kid legitimately he is a soccer player and if you're just listening to the show and you don't follow soccer that closely you just love the show i get it you might think well no kidding Dentholm, home he's a professional soccer player people know what i'm talking about if you've watched more than about 12 minutes of soccer he has it he just does And it's so evident once you watch this guy more than for 15 minutes. Even in the small subbing appearances, I know he gave the football away against L.A. Galaxy in this first appearance. Oh, yes. And he'll never live that down. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no, on some level, that's true. But that's not defining who he is. And if you didn't see him respond in that Galaxy game the way he did, then you missed out too, even in that performance. But he's now starting to really get it with his teammates for the black and gold. And that is why it's getting more and more exciting to think about him playing. And it's getting tougher and tougher to not have him in the starting lineup every game from here on out. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I don't have any insight into this. I didn't talk to Bob Bradley. Wink, wink. You know, off the record. I'm not sharing anything with you that I know personally. I'm telling you as a man who loves football that you can't help but see the quality that LAFC brought in with this guy. You just it, you, it's, it's so obvious. Now, you can be a hater, you can be an LA Galaxy fan, and you can hate LAFC, and you know what you'd say? Yeah, you know, Andre Hort is good. He knows how to play. And if he starts clicking with Carlos Vela, like really clicking, look out. And I'll tell you this. This is the type of player. I'm not trying to put pressure on him. So let me clarify what I'm saying here. This is the type of player that can lead LAFC to winning MLS Cup. Not the only player, of course. You need your teammates. You need Carlos Vela to be good. Andre Horta stepping up and continuing to improve with his teammates, continuing to get more comfortable, is what happens to a team that finds their way to winning the title, right? Every time we see that. We saw it last year with Toronto and Jonathan Osorio and Victor Vasquez. Look, of course Michael Bradley's great and Josie Altidore had to play well and Javinko can lead a team. Of course, you need that, absolutely. You're not winning without that, but you're also not winning without Jonathan Osorio and Victor Vasquez doing the business. Well, that's what Andre Horta has to do for this team, and he can. And it's starting to show, not just because I saw him score a wild goal in the U21s. That's just the U21s. It just reminded me of what we're seeing with this kid, and I wanted to bring it up here. That is the black and gold breakdown. Had to get to that because it's, just, it's so important to talk about because it's just so crucial for this team to continue to see this young man grow as a player. He's getting more and more comfortable in the league. And again, with his teammates. And look out, rest of the league, if that continues to be the case. Right? He had the little injury setback early. Thankfully, it wasn't too, you know, crazy. Kind of slowed his progression a little bit early. But wow. Speaking of injuries... It is time now for the LA Care Health Report on Soccer Weekly, sponsored by LA Care. As the nation's largest community-inspired health plan, LA Care is elevating health care in the city of angels. LA Care, for all of LA, lacare.org. And, uh, you know, LA uh, FC has some injury concerns, of course, Adama Diamande, Danilo Silva. Still, we're kind of, you know, in the questionable campaign ha- or camp. Uh, well, We're waiting to kind of figure that out a little bit to see what's going on there. And as we get closer to the game time, on a Saturday. So, you know, again, not looking like uh, too severe by any means. And it's, if you're wondering on the latest, a lot of times, don't forget to go follow Vince LaRosa on lafc.com. Vince does a great job there and he really gives you great breakdowns of what's going on with the news and notes and things like that. I'm always keeping up with the, in fact, now that I mentioned the, uh, the injury report, here's something from Vince's column on LAFC.com right now under the news and notes of recent practices. Danilo Silva and Adama Diamante have been back in training this week. And a reminder, and Vince tells you here too, they didn't play against the Toronto. And Dio's missed the last couple of matches. So right from Vince LaRosa, we had him on the show recently. Great dude. Don't forget to check him out at LAFC.com, but he gives you that update that they're both back in training, which is a good sign there. So very good injury report for LAFC. LA Galaxy pretty healthy as well, as it turns out. It looks like they're getting back to full strength. So very good injury report for both sides as they get ready for those Saturday matchups. Of course, LAFC taking on New England Revolution. You'll hear it on ESPN LA and LA Galaxy are in action as well, coming up a little bit earlier on that day. In fact, it'll be the first game for Dom Kinnear as they take on Toronto FC in Toronto. So it's exactly what F.C. just faced in their most recent game on the 1st of September. So that is your LA care. Health report. It is time, Mario. I think we got to go to it now. We've been pumping it up, and it is time to get it done. Two people, not one, two people are going to win this package, the LAFC VIP giveaway. Are you ready for your shot and an LAFC money can't buy experience? This Saturday, the 15th, LAFC is taking on New England at Bank of California Stadium, right? Here's what you're going to win. We're going to have not one, but two winners, an LAFC VIP experience. What does that include, you ask? Two game tickets, a stadium tour, and you'll be bench warmers. You can watch the teams warm up from the LAFC bench. You hear me on that one? Stadium tour. You're gonna to be on the bench watching the teams warm up from LAFC's bench, and you're getting two tickets to the game. Right now, be caller number seven and ten. Two winners, different people. Seven and ten at eight seven 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 ten ESPN. Eight seven seven. 710-3776. 7, 7, we need the seventh and the tenth caller right now. Both of you are winning separately, each getting two game tickets, a stadium tour, and bench warmers. You're going to be sitting there watching the team warm up from the LAFC bench coming up Saturday as the Black and Gold get ready to take on Brad Friedel's New England Revolution. Yes, 7 and 10 at 877 7, Seven ten ESPN, that's 877-710-3776. Thanks so much to everybody calling in. Truly appreciate that. We love LAFC and the VIP giveaway here for two winners here on Soccer Weekly. Stick around. we still got stoppage time to come. That and so much more as we roll on here. It's Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football and LAFC. It's ESPN LA 710. Welcome back, Soccer Weekly. I am Dave Denholm, and you are listening to the home of world football here in Southern California, the home of the black and gold. LAFC taking on a New England revolution coming up on Saturday. This is ESPN LA 710. I am Dave Denholm, the voice of LAFC here on ESPN LA. And each and every week we just talk soccer like nobody else is doing. Speaking of which... Don't forget, the conversation continues after the show throughout the week at TalkSoccer on Twitter if you want to follow me there. Love to discuss the beautiful game. Love to discuss this show with you as we continue each. and One hour is not enough. We know that. We appreciate the time they give us here on ESPN LA 710, but we know you're going to want to continue to chat about it after that hour is done. So you can follow me on Twitter there at TalkSoccer. And a lot to get to and unpack throughout the show like we have but I will say that we have to get back to a little bit of the USA-Mexico and Siggy Schmidt resigning from the Galaxy. Those are the two big stories of the week in world football for us. I mean, yeah, there's been some games in the UEFA Nations League, which is cool. I kind of like that competition so far, not opposed to it by any means. But USA-Mexico played last night, and what in the world... Can we stop being so worried about Matt Miazga and Diego Linez getting at it and Miazga going after him a little bit with the height? Yes, Diego Linez is a small man. Matt Miazga is a giant. Miazga's like 6'40. He towers over virtually everyone he plays against. Who cares? But in fairness, I think it had an effect. We saw Mexico get heated about it. Some of Linez's teammates defended him as they should. U.S. and Mexico got in a little scrum there. It was broken up with pretty much no major incident. But then Angel Zaldivar lost his head just a few minutes later. He gets a straight red card on a bad tackle. Don't tell me that didn't have something to do with it. Now, it wasn't like he was tackling Miazga, but Zaldivar appeared to lose his mind there a little bit, or at least was too aggressive. It was a a deserved red, and that changed everything when Tyler Adams scored just a handful of minutes after that and the United States wins 1-0. doesn't matter that they won a friendly. Okay, that's cool. But then again, here's the reason why these games do matter on some level. Yes, they're friendlies. It's after the World Cup. we got four years to go practically until the next World Cup. So this game doesn't really matter. It's not going to change much. But you got to remember, when you watch these games, you can't just say, oh, these friendlies don't mean anything. These players have to play hard. That's what matters. That's why the games are worthy, and that's why they're good. It doesn't matter if you bring your A team, your A- minus team, your B team, or some team you think is a D side. The players have to go at it because you never know when you might get an opportunity and catch somebody's eye in these games, whether it's your national team coach or some coach in Europe or some team in Europe or South America or wherever, you never know. And you got to be careful for your spot if you are an established player. You can't just half-wittingly go through these games, half-heartedly, half-speed it. You don't know if you're going to lose your spot. We are not loaded with Cristiano Ronaldo's and Lionel Messi's who are guaranteed, and rightfully so. you got to go earn it for us. So these games are meaningful every time. Some things that I saw meaningfully, we did not have a good offensive performance, the United States. Will trap? Eh, not great. The red card changed a lot, no doubt, after Matt Miazga got everybody fired up. Now let's go back to that. All of a sudden on social media and everything, oh Miazga, he's shaming him. He's height shaming Angel Zal or I'm sorry, Diego Linez. Linez didn't care afterwards. That was the beauty of it. He said whatever. It's football. We are so soft anymore. Grow up. Yeah, a couple of guys got at each other's face faces, and Miazga may have went a little low, no pun intended, and went after the guy's height a little bit. Okay, not ideal. Don't teach your kids to do it. I get it. These are grown men. I don't care if Diego Linez is 18. He's a man. He's playing a man's... In a in a a a full friendly, I mean, like for the national team, he's playing in a men. You know, it's not like a U six to fifteen thing where you want to kind of teach kids maybe a little more modicum of discipline and everything. Look, is it ideal? No, but grow up. This stuff happens. Stop overreacting to it. I'm going to bring in a, a producer, Mario Reyes. Mario. Is this much ado about nothing? What were your initial thoughts on Miyazaki kind of <laughs> Dave, going after Linez?
2: All I could do was laugh when I saw that. I was yes! like, "Oh my goodness, I can't!" Well, how old are we here? I mean, because he kept doing it. By the way, too. yeah, he it kept on doing like, it. I mean, oh, of course, it was stupid. Linez on has level. got this for probably his whole life. I mean, yes. he's been short most of his life. You got to, you got to think,
0: right? Yeah, when you're five foot four, yeah. You're gonna get that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not ideal. It's not exactly brilliant from Matt Miasca to go to that. I he's mean, probably he,
2: gone picked on uh, yeah. his whole life. I mean, I seen him play against Tijuana and the Cholos uh, a few years ago when he was with America, and they were trying to bully him then. You know, so he's sure. he's
0: he's used to this. Well, you know, look at Sebastian Jovinko. He gets pushed around a ton. People try to get physical with him. You don't think they're talking like that to him? I mean, he might not, you know, maybe respond as much because he's more of a veteran, quote unquote. But Linez held his held his ground. He was fine. By the way, Diego Linez also happened to be the best player on the pitch yesterday. Yeah, he was. He was. So who cares what Matt Miazga did? And Linez didn't care. If he didn't care, you shouldn't care. But come
2: on, Miazga. You're going to taunt him like that. That's the best you got. That's the best taunting well, you got. <laughs> but let's be honest, Mario. It didn't affect Linez, but I
0: think it affected, affected El Tri. I was going to say, but it worked. It worked. It did. That's it. that's show it's sportsmanship. It's I mean it's not sportsmanship, it's one upsmanship. It's it's sporting behavior in the sense of you're trying to win. And you know what it did? It turned a rather drab game, Mario, into something we're all talking about again. True. You know? This is true. And- and it mattered, and it's going to affect the rivalry. Do you think Matt Miazga would have done that to a guy who plays for El Salvador that might have been five? Right, he's never heard of? No. And
2: for the next time, when U.S. plays against Mexico, you think we're going to see this highlight? Of course we
0: are. Do you think Matt Miazga would have done that against a guy who was playing terribly? That's another point.
2: Yeah, it's also he, it's kind of a compliment. Yes. I mean, if you're getting picked on, it's because you're probably one of the best guys because on the team. Because
0: Linez was abusing yeah. the United States most of the game, mm-hmm. of course. That's all Miazka had at that point, frankly. But it worked. Not against, uh, you know, uh, again, not against Linez. Credit to him. He kept his composure better than Angel Zaldivar did, in my opinion. Because he's yeah. used to it, like we said earlier. Yeah. And I believe Zaldivar's red had something to do with what had just gone on a few minutes earlier. I can't, you know, you can't prove that. But, you know, the flow of the game, Mario, it looked like Zaldivar was trying to go after, uh, Will Trapp. Oh yeah. You get the emotions get going. Yeah. I'm of not course. saying he was trying to hurt him or anything. It just was a hard tackle. Like when you're mad at the other team. Right. You're going to get physical. Well, it didn't work out because Zaldivar kind of got his feet tangled up a little bit. (laughs) Again, I don't think he meant to get a red card by any means. It wasn't intentional that way. It was just he was trying to be physical. Oops, he kind of got his feet tangled up, and then it cost him because it, it was a bad tackle, and it was a deserved red. No malice. He didn't want to hurt Will Trapp. He was just trying to go in hard and send a message, and it just backfired on him. So, uh, look, this was a great, this this turned out to be a great game because of that, quite frankly. It really did. And that's, I mean, it wasn't a great offensive performance by the U.S., but their defense, you know, for uh, the shaky times, they held up, Mario, and they got the shutout. So, good win. Absolutely good win. That's all that you really take from it, without a doubt. And don't forget, you can talk about it. If you got your thoughts on it as we were uh, you know, getting close towards the end here, feel free to hit me up throughout the week on Twitter at Talk Soccer. It is time now for our favorite segment each and every week. It is time for stoppage time. What time is it? it's stoppage Time. Yeah, stoppage time. It's stoppage Time. right now. Stoppage time, of course, brought to you by the folks at Puente Hill Chevy. Find new roads at Puente Hill Chevy off the sixty freeway. In the city of industry, the San Gabriel Valley Chevy store, Say Habla Espanol. Let's bring him back in. He is the producer of the show, but he's the host of Stoppage Time. Mario Reas. Mario, what's going on, brother?
2: Dave, I got a story here from uh, AP that you're probably uh, not gonna believe here oh, uh, no. this week. The chief executive of Spanish Champions League rights holder Media Pro told a radio station that UEFA is investigating the feasibility of a Champions League final in
0: New York City. Oh. How do you like that? Oh, sweet mercy. I <laughs> nearly blew a tube when you just said that. I I got to tell you, this is every kind of wrong. And we've seen it now. Mario, you and I talked about it here on uh, Stoppage Time and in the show a few weeks ago, of course, when they decided that La Liga decided they were going to play a game in America. This is flat out and out crazy. This is akin to playing a couple of Super Bowls in a foreign land, Mario. That just should not happen. We can't allow UEFA or anybody else to keep going down this slippery slope. I don't know if you agree, but I just think this is dead wrong. America should reject this for the good of the game, quite frankly. just
2: should not happen. Yeah, the players are definitely not going to have this. I mean, they're already refusing to come out here and play one game. Now they're going to have the final out here? Come on. think
0: about it. Growing up in Europe, right, in any European country, one of your dreams, of course, is to play Football for your national team, no doubt. Play in the right. World Cup. We, another dream might be to play for Real Madrid or Barcelona and get to the Champions League final. How many great cities are there in Europe that can host, that you can rotate through? It's not like it's one country that they host with like one or two cities they just have to keep rotating. They can go anywhere in Europe. Every city hosts the Champions League like it's like the end-all, be-all, because it is. There is no reason to put this in New York, one of the finest cities in the world. mind you, this is nothing against us or New York or the United States. It should not be here, bottom line, and the because if this happens, what's next? You know that's what's the scary part about this because if this happens, there, there is no stopping anything like I mean it's just ridiculous. Can
2: you imagine we have the NBA finals, you know, in yeah, we're <laughs> in another go play country? A game seven in a neutral court in China. I mean, that's absurd. Oh my goodness, how crazy is that? And that, that's that a- just put it into perspective,
0: right there. Yeah. The scary part is that's exactly the same thing it that is. we're talking about. Yeah. Unbelievable, Mario. Great stuff here. That's a, a great stoppage time because that one is just scary for for the good of the game. Let's hope and pray that doesn't happen. Don't forget, you can hit me up on Twitter at Talk Thanks so much to everybody at Seven Ten ESPN who uh, always, uh, you know, including the great Mario Rees. Thanks so much to Jesse Lopez, Steve Paulette, Michael Funches, some of the greatest guys in radio. Appreciate their hard work here on the show. Appreciate you for listening each and every week. And uh, once again, you are listening to the home of world football in Southern California and LAFC. I am Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Weekly on ESPN LA Seven Ten.